Hello, my fellow sovereigns. So rejoice, my fellow subconscious mind nerds. This episode is going to just set your spocks aflame. I am so excited because today I have on our special guest episode, Victoria Gallagher. She is a worldwide leader in hypnotherapy, a best-selling author, international speaker, life success coach, and renowned authority on the law of attraction. She has dedicated her life to empowering people all over the world to successfully live a life of liberty, aligned with their dreams through effective meditative recordings and online courses. This episode, OMG, we recorded this a while back, but it could not be coming out at a better time because we dive into really the feeling of how you want to feel. And I know sometimes that we set these resolutions or these goals and we think from a goal setting perspective that it's this very analytical thing. And yet, you will only get the results that you are a vibrational match for. And so as you raise your vibration, and, and what does that what does that mean? Because we've heard that about like raising your vibe and how to be high and staying in a high vibe, but what does that actually mean? So your emotions have vibrations, and this is what Victoria and I dive into specifically in the law of attraction use and how to use that as as a tool. So how to focus on the feeling of the results that you want to achieve rather than just the actual result because so often we get stuck in in thinking this result is either something that we need or we judge ourselves for not having that result yet and these are go- or these are goals that we've we believe that we should have or are supposed to have to be successful. So we dive into all of these myths of goal setting so that you can really get clear on raising your vibration to be the vibrational match for the goals that you want to achieve. And here is my absolute favorite part about this episode, especially with what Victoria brings up in it. In growing yourself, as you know, growth is personal growth and Growth and development is one of our core values. It's one of my personal core values. Grow or die is one of our core values of crown yourself. Growing yourself into the person who can handle the things you want to manifest. Because if you could handle them, if you were a vibrational match for them, you would already have them in your life, right? So how do you grow yourself into being that person who can handle the things that you want to manifest? who is already vibrating on that level so that the things that you want, the the desires of your heart, all of that attracts to you easily and effortlessly. So with that being said, I give you Victoria Gallagher. Welcome to the Princess and the Bee podcast, the place to be to build your empire as queen of your body, business, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm an award-winning coach, Amazon best-selling author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Each week, I give you the systems, strategies, and success stories to help you master your mindset, communicate with ease, and triple your productivity so you make the income and the impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life, body, business, 
bank account, boys and babies. Let's make it rain. Hello, hello, my gorgeous Princess and the Beers, and welcome back to another episode of The Princess and the Bee. I am Kimberly Spencer, and I am so excited to have you here with me, to have you be with me today, because today I have the best bee of all being discussed with my amazing guest, Victoria Gallagher, because the bee that we are discussing is the bee of belief belief, the subconscious mind, and the powers of law of attraction and manifestation, and what can come from just simply believing. And sometimes it can seem very glib to say like, just believe in yourself, or it's like, it seems cliche, but there's a reason why cliches are true. So Victoria, welcome to The Princess and the Bee. I am so excited to dive into everything law of attraction, subconscious mind, and like my favorite topics on the planet. I am so happy to be here. Thank you so much for introducing me to your audience and having me on your show, Kimberly. I've been so excited since I had you on my show. And so this is really going to be, I think it's going to be your best podcast ever. My bad, my best interview ever. I just feel yes. it. Yes. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> every, every interview before every interview with any of my guests, I always set that intention and I'm just like, let's set that bar high and just aim there. And then we're, odds going, are, there. We're, we're going, we're going there right now. <laughs> so Victoria, how did you get into law of attraction manifestation? And I mean, you are an, an author of practical law of attraction. So like you are able to break this down. I'm very excited to have you on. Yes. Okay. It's a good question because so my introduction to manifesting actually started back when I was in first grade, <laughs> when I decided that I saw the sixth graders putting on the play, the wizard of Oz. And I was in first grade and I said, I'm going to play Dorothy in the wizard of Oz when I'm in sixth grade. And so year after year, they would always put on that play. And I just believed that I was going to be it. And of course, when sixth grade rolled around, there was, you know, it was a little bit to do to, to get the role, but I got the role. I played Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz in sixth grade. So <laughs> fast forward to when I had my high flutin' job on Wall Street um, in when I was 28 and I was living life big. I had my own house. I was married. I had a nice car. I had six-figure income. Everything on the outside looked like it was going awesome. And on the inside, I was kind of falling apart and I didn't really know how to break through that and this yucky, horrible feeling. And so I found out about these personal growth seminars that you could go to and it was mind-blowing. It was earth-shattering. It, it woke me up. It was a seminar it was called Psy Seminars and it was in Las Vegas. And I tell you, we spent four days doing these techniques, closing our eyes, imagining, visualizing, going into meditations and just doing all this amazing work. And it was during that, that I decided that I wanted to share the wealth with the world. I wanted to introduce everybody to this whole concept. And so I started inviting people to the seminar and nobody wanted to go. 
<laughs> and I, you know, I mean, I, I got a few people there, but everybody was just like, yeah, that's fine for you, Victoria. But, you know, I don't have $500 and I, I don't have four days of my life to go spend there. I said, well, I'm going to bring the seminar to you. And so that's when I came up with this idea that I was going to create these visualization recordings and sell them on, on the internet. And so I, you know, looked high and low for, you know, how to validate this process of creating these scripts. Like, you know, how do I know that these are good? And after doing a lot of soul searching and a lot of searching on the internet, I came across a hypnotherapy certification course and I got trained in hypnotherapy. I opened up an office and lo and behold, while I was going through all that process and getting um, my business license and all of that, my branch manager, where um, I was still a stockbroker making that six figure income and making a no figure income, a spending income <laughs> on my new business, he told me that I had 30 days to uh, make a decision on how I was going to spend the rest of my life uh, or the rest of my career and you know, because I couldn't do both. And mm -hmm. so I just I had, had that belief and I packed up my things and I went on my merry way and I became a, a hypnotherapist and that was 21 years ago to this day. I love that. I had a, a very similar experience where I was trying to do both growing crown yourself and I had my private Pilates studio business that I had for years. It just brought in steady income. It was just easy for me. And I was on the phone with my lawyer trying to figure out like, okay, how do I like now bring employees into this fitness business so that it can just run and that I can focus on crown yourself and the universe just dropped in my lap as soon as I got off the phone with my lawyer. He's, <laughs> the universe drops in. I get a message from my landlord. She says, actually, I need you out in 30 days because um, <laughs> I'm expanding my practice and you're, I need to, you to you know, move your studio. And I was like, don't really feel like moving my studio, so I'm just going to close it. But that's how it works. I mean, sometimes yeah. when you're thrown that, it can seem like a curveball or it can seem like an ultimatum. Yeah. But it really is that moment where it's like, are you going to lean into soul and vision and faith? Or are you going to lean into what's convenient or easy or already been done that gives the semblance of certainty, but isn't actual necessarily certainty? Yeah. So well you know, what was really certain is that I was burnt out and I was not going to be able to sustain that no matter what, uh, you know, it seemed certain, but really the, once that ultimatum you want to call it was presented to me, I mean, it was absolutely a hundred percent crystal clear what I was going to do. I was just really not clear on the mechanism mm -hmm. <laughs> that how. I would, you know, the how, but, you know, definitely it was, there was, it was a no brainer, even though I was stepping into the abyss and the unknown, it, it was absolutely, it was a journey and it was an adventure and I was, I was excited and I'm still excited. <laughs> so I, I'd love to know, how do you cultivate certainty when stepping into that unknown? That is a really good question. That's a really tough thing to, to get that certainty. And to me, I, I cultivate certainty through doing a lot of the personal develop, 
movement work. Because I always believe, I believe that law of attraction is actually very synonymous with personal growth. You have to grow yourself into the person who is able to, to handle the things that you want to manifest. You have oh, to you be- Oh, you just gave me truth bumps. Oh, like <laughs> literally like all over my body. I'm just like, can you say that again for the people in the back? Yes, exactly. You have to grow yourself into the person who is able to handle the what what it is that you want to manifest. And so I continually work on my personal development by, you know, doing meditation and, and clearing my mind and doing the journaling, reading, all of that. It really helps you to get to know yourself. The more you know yourself and the more you can understand what you desire you know, you, and it, when you really understand a few concepts, like you wouldn't have the desires if you, if you weren't, if they weren't meant for you, if you weren't meant to have those things, like they just wouldn't be there. You don't just, you know, just think of things that you desire to have in your life without some way of achieving that. And so once you get clear on what you want, the, the way becomes available to you, but you have to know why you want those things. And I think it's just, for me, I think it's just a process. The certainty is just a process of getting to know yourself and, and understanding really why you want something. I think when, when you understand why you want something, you, you're just much more certain about being able to, to step into that role that you, the role that you need to be in order to have that. And also for me, like when I know why it, it, when my why is so deep, like I become unavailable to any other outcome, mm -hmm. like any other outcome, any like other possibility. When I'm like, when I feel that certainty and that why of like, why this is so important, like everybody said I was crazy to just like, well, many people said it was crazy, not everybody, but many people said it was crazy to stay, choose to stay in the Gold Coast in Australia and not go back home, you know, right when COVID was hit, hitting back in March. And I was like, actually, I feel like this is going to be the best decision ever. This is us stepping into the vision of that we've always had for what we wanted our life to be. And it was because that certainty had been cultivated where I'm, it's almost like for me, it's a certainty that I know that I will be able to figure it out. Absolutely. Period. Yeah. It's so funny that you say that and we're on this show together because it was exactly the opposite happened for me. I was planning to go to Australia in March <laughs> and for some reason I could not figure out from about December till, till around uh, just just before March, when I decided to cancel my trip, I couldn't understand why I couldn't get myself motivated to go there. I had all this success with doing my Scottsdale, doing my Toronto, doing my London, doing my seminar in all these places, and I was so excited about doing it in in Australia up until about the end of. 2019. And some, for some reason, I couldn't seem to get myself motivated to promote the seminar. And you know, don't you know it, that the seminar people would not be coming to my seminar in March in Australia, 
that I would have been giving people their money back. And, you know, and I, I felt guilty and I felt bad and I felt like this isn't the Victoria I know. Why am I not motivated to do this? Now I know why. And it's just crazy how like sometimes, sometimes things just don't make any sense as to why you feel or you do, or you take the actions or you believe the things that you do. And like, now I'm so grateful that I canceled that because I, I you know, I, I would have probably ended up with a, a no or low turnout. So how do you, how do you cultivate that trust? Because, you know, like with your event that you were going to have in Australia, when you're feeling that sort of like, why this is, this is not me. Like, why can't I motivate myself to do this one thing? Why is this one outcome? Not really. Why am I not really feeling this one? And I, I had a similar thing with, with a workshop I was hosting back in February. Like I could, I struggled to motivate myself to to promote this and to, to register people. And then it turned out that the location that I was hosting at got robbed like the day before. And I was like, thank God, because I would have had to refund everybody else anyways. But it was in yeah. that moment that, I, and you know, fortunately the, the place that I was hosting the workshop was able to you know, recover all their losses and be able to make up for what happened. But it was like, it was one of those weird universal things that came down to trust and surrender, which for like former recovering control freaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a challenge. So how do you how do you get into that practice of of surrender or like how do you know the difference when it's you know when it's not when it's surrender to what the universe is or when it's like surrendering to fear? Yeah. How do, how you, know, do you it's, tell the difference? It's such a great question. So I believe that the feelings just are, they have a, a subtle difference. Um, you know, for me, if it's like coming from fear, like I can feel the vibration in my body just is, is, is a little bit different um, with the you know, with, with the feeling that it's coming from above or from, I, I want to say super conscious, I feel like we're all connected to this, uh, this guidance of the universal mind, the all knowing universal mind. And that voice is a little quieter. It's a little quieter than the screaming fear type voice. And so the, it's a little quieter and it's a little bit more subtle. And so when you hear that calm, quiet, subtle voice, that's the one that I tend to listen to. The other way that you cultivate that too is by doing what it's telling you to do. Because when you validate that listening to this voice always produces the positive result, it continues to work with you. And, and it's no longer this coming from this unfamiliar place. Because when you first do hear it, you do you know get a little bit confused. So it's really about like honing in and zeroing in and, and noticing the differences in your body between this kind of screaming, torturous, fearful <laughs> voice and this sort of pleasant, calm, subtle voice. I love the fact that you mentioned that the ability to tune into that calm, subtle voice, because I've, I've experienced the same thing as well. It's like, it's a calm, subtle, quieter voice, but it's just mm -hmm. like, 
go here, do this. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're like, wait, what? That's crazy. And sometimes <laughs> you're like, okay, that's not so bad. I can do that. Um, but the action, the act of saying yes to it is required to build the trust, to have the confidence and to thus get the, have the, the proof in essence, because our brains are constantly looking for that evidentiary proof in a way to back up a belief. So the belief in being able to trust this voice, yeah, that comes from you taking the action and leaning into that trust and into that voice and into the, the sometimes this may seem crazy, but like, let's go with it. If you, if you think about it in a way, it's kind of like if you could really think of it like building a relationship and, and getting into rapport. And so if you had this friend, you know, even though your friend is a little bit more soft-spoken, quieter, um, you know, but this friend always seems to have the right answers for you. They always seem to provide you good, good information. And then you have this other one over there that's like, rah! <laughs> wow, you know, there's the, the, the crazy friend <laughs> with a lot of drama and you know of course they want the attention and they're you know but if you you know you're going to know you're you're going to be um building more of a relationship and more of a rapport with your you know your quieter serener you know more calm wiser friend and then if you sort of uh you know, disengage from the, the other friend, you know, they're going to be like a little bit less in your face and, and, and learn to kind of back off. And so, you, you know, that's another way that you can, you can, uh, you can notice the, you know, and it's just another way you can think about it. I love that you personified it into an actual relationship because that, I mean, we're always relating to, everything. We have relationships with our bodies and with our business and, and the relationship with our, our soul or our intuition or our, our subconscious mind is also one that requires that back and forth. Like no one mm-hmm. likes a relationship where they're being controlled or like being dragged around. And I see that when I have this like visual of, you know, when, when we think that we know the best way and, you know, that quieter voice is just saying, you know, hey, maybe maybe go this way instead. And you're like, oh, I'm going to make this work. And you're driving <laughs> right. that friend along. But unfortunately, that's not really that. And she'll be like, I'll go with you. But I don't, I don't, I, I don't know if you're going to like the results that you're getting, but okay. Yeah, exactly. So it, and, and I mean, I see that, that very, when you can personify it in that way, it makes it seem normal. So I love the fact that you did that. What, what is it about the the law of attraction that makes it not work? Because oh I know we hear God. about like the law of the law of attraction and how it can work and the secret and you just believe and you know there's other steps obviously, but like mm-hmm. what specifically are the things that make it not work? Yeah, so you know, so I'm gonna the way I'm gonna answer that is from um, so in my book I talk about the eight manifesting conditions which all ultimately need to be in alignment and you know a lot of people will ask how long does it take to manifest something well it takes as long as it takes to be in balance with all eight of the manifesting conditions so if any so one 
what makes it not work is if one of those conditions is out of alignment. For example, one of the, the first conditions is desire, knowing very specifically what you want. And a lot of people, you know, they dart all over the place with saying, oh, I want this, I want this, I want this. And they don't ever really focus on a particular goal or ambition or desire long enough to allow it to gain any type of momentum of increasing your 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 frequency your vibration uh, toward having that thing occur so you really need to know what you want and so not knowing what you want is definitely one way um, or you know just like just being focused on too many things at a time is another thing um, another thing is, is your thoughts. We think about 50 to 70,000 thoughts in a given day. And most of the thoughts that we think are the same thoughts that we had yesterday and the day before and the day before. And most of those thoughts are negative. Unfortunately, because from a very, very early age, we've just been programmed by the world around us, you know, everything is negative. You know, when you turn on the news, everything is about, they're not showing you the nice stuff that's going on in the world. They're showing you the negative things. Oh, Most I want to create a nice news station of just yes. like positive, <laughs> uplifting stories of humanity, of the good that's happening in the world. Cause I like the news just, it's so pervasive with fear and horrific events and it just yeah it's it's that it's that programming of of at of just fear but here's the thing and i'm not saying this because to be pessimistic but nobody would watch that because exactly. people are addicted they are addictive to negativity and you know fear. i mean like yeah do a test. Just do this on Facebook. Post something like, I'm having, an, uh, I'm having a shitty day <laughs> or I'm having a bad day, right? Everybody is going to come and be drawn to that. It's like, oh, why? They want to know more. They want to delve into it. It's like, oh, feel better. It's like, but say, like, I'm having an amazing day. You, you know, you're going to get a few people that are going to respond, but they're, they're going to they're, they're be like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> good for you, you know, and, and, you know, and so people just, they like to complain. They like to commiserate with people mm -hmm. that are feeling the, the negativity. And it's just, it's nobody's fault. It's nobody's fault. It's just patterns of behavior, repetition. And so we have to learn how to begin to ch uh, change the way that we think in, in ways that, and we don't even realize that how many, you know, how, how negative our thoughts are. Like we will say things that we think are positive, but we're actually stating them in a negative way. Like, you know, it's really positive to want to be on time for work or be on time for wherever you're going. But instead of saying, you know, I want to be on time. I want to be on time. I want to be on time. They're like, I don't want to be late. I don't want to be late. I don't want to be late. Mm -hmm. But what are you thinking about? You're, you're using the word late and the, the word late, you can't, um, you know, you can't negate th that word without bringing that idea into your, your brain. So your brain is, 
is focusing on the late. It's not focusing, it's not able to articulate not being late. And so that's one of the other, you know, uh, that's one of the other reasons. So there's, there's a bit, you know, there are so many, so many different reasons, but it, you know, those are two of the eight manifesting uh, conditions, two of the reasons, you know, we imagine the worst sometimes. We yeah. imagine the worst. We don't believe that's another thing that gets in our way is just not having the faith, not having the belief, having a consistent record of failure after failure after failure. It's like, well, of course it's not going to work because I have failed at the same thing 10 times. Well, look how many times Einstein, uh, you know, and all of these people, you know, failed at their inventions before they ever actually came to uh, fruition. Thomas Edison, you know, 10,000 oh, 10, times, 10,000 times he failed, but you know what? Obviously, I'm sitting here with a well-lit room. <laughs> so thank you, Thomas Edison, for not giving up. And that's, you know, so, I mean, we just give up. Um, there's just, there's a massive amount of reasons why, why it, it doesn't work for a lot of people. So getting yourself into alignment with all of these conditions is the practice this is the it's mm -hmm. the practice it's a lifestyle it's not just a like one time like oh yeah i tried this for 30 days and i'm done didn't work <laughs> i tried my 30 days of law of attraction it doesn't work <laughs> so, yeah. no it works it's just you're out of practice it's not a pill it is a practice a daily practice just like yoga or the gym it is a practice that you must build into your life and speaking of the practice of like really doing the work. I, what I've seen is, you know, people, the question that is like sometimes the hardest to ask, like I have answered in a way that is like forward moving is the question, what do you want? Yeah. Because what I've seen is that there is, what do you want? And then there is, what have people told you you should or are supposed to want? Mm -hmm. so those true. are two very, very different questions and a different differentiation as to why or why not law of attraction will or will not work for you. Yeah. Um, and comparing yourself with other people and, you know, like basing what you want. Oh, well, that's too much. A lot of people will maybe sell themselves short on how much money they want to make as a, as a coach or as a hypnotherapist or in, in some field. It's like, oh, I could never make that amount of money because people don't make that kind of money or the reverse, maybe thinking you need to make a million dollars because that's the magic number that you've heard other people talk about. But maybe that's not tr necessarily true for you. And it's definitely never going to be the thing that's going to make you happy. A lot of people think, you know, that their goals, once they achieve them, are going to make them happy. And none of these things are going to change your internal state. Your internal state is going to change what you have in your external world. It's, uh, yeah. you know, the other way around. And the conditions and the rules that you put on by when and you're allowed to feel that internal state, just put that goal, you know, $10,000, a million dollars, five pounds, 20 pounds away from you, rather than actually feeling the feelings of what, what does having that, what does doing that, what does being that allow you to be, and then work from there 
So you're working, instead of working toward a goal, you're using that goal as the destination to come from and to, to be able to work it backwards so that you're operating from that place of, of vision and trust. So absolutely. And I love the fact that you brought up the fact that so many people go, I, I mean, I did this in my own business when I like hitting that 10 K coach, you know, month and having that, that, that be a marker of distinction in my, in my business several years ago. And when I hit that, I was like, I had been manifesting, I'd been journaling, I'd been doing all the things I'd been doing my five by 55s and (laughs) all these, all these things. And then it happened. And I was like, holy crap, I did it. And at the same time I didn't, I was so scared. And what happened was my, my results for the following three months monetarily dropped drastically so that basically had I just been, I, I was, if you evened it out and mm-hmm. took the average, like that would be how much I had been already making monthly anyways. Yeah. It's like it corrected average. itself. Exactly. It's like, it's almost like it's a thermostat where it's mm-hmm. like, if your identity doesn't match the results that you're getting, and if your identity isn't at that level of like bringing in 10 K a month or hitting a million dollars, then what's going to happen is you may hit that like a lottery winner does, yeah. And, but your identity is going to not be grounded. And like what you said that gave me such truth bumps is like, you will have not had the practice of being of those, the, of the practice of the growth to be able to make you the person who already has those results. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, like so many people, for example, that who win the lottery, I mean, a lot that's there, they've done a lot of studies that show that people Um, most people who win the lottery and they haven't done the internal work, which most people haven't, they end up going into a place that was even worse than where they were before they won the lottery. They spend all the money because they, they don't have the, the set point of, you know, they don't have the set point money belief that they need to have the money vibration that they need to have to, to keep that money. So, you know, it, I love it, that it, you called it a set point. So yes. can, if, and so this, like, this is hitting my fitness background. So like, can you explain what a set point is in any way and, yeah. and why that set point is so crucial to understanding where you are in your journey with law of attraction and, and how you can make that work for you. Yeah. So it's, you know, and, and again, yeah, the set point can be, like you said, in weight. So if, for example, if, if you like my set point right now, I'm just going to put it out there. My set point is like 130. Okay. I have been 125. I have been almost as little as 120, but I'll be damned if I don't put on that weight back to 130. Same thing happens if I get a little bit on the higher side. If I get, I've gotten into the 140, 150, but there's something internally like, like, oh God, I got to snap into action. I'm like, I'm not going to go above that. And I always tend, so right now, so that's my weight set point. So we have an emotional set point. Um, we have a relationship set point. We have a money set point, and we're 
typically never going to do much more or much less go out of that range until we do the work and the on our beliefs on our vibration on our thoughts to to raise it to a point where you know whatever it is that that we want or that we believe that we can have so most people like you've hit the glass ceiling when it comes to your career you've hit the glass ceiling when you it comes to like a lot of people they hit the hundred thousand level and they can't seem to get to the you know beyond that something always seems to happen to pull them back into that hundred thousand uh to you know and you know so it's it's something that you need to shift you need to have an internal shift in your in your belief in your vibration in your thinking in order to to move out of of that range so it's just it's a range that it's like your comfort zone really it's like a like a comfort zone that if we go beyond that you know the ego is going to have to give up something be a little mm -hmm. different and and we have these these fears that we're we don't even know about um that are not that you know made clear to us um about busting through those plateaus and so it's yeah and that's another word you could use is plateau yeah it's like um when you're working out and because i had this in my in my journey with recovering from bulimia like I had to make it not about the number. Mm -hmm. Like I, I really had to focus on the feeling of like, what do I believe that number will allow me to feel? Yes. How will I be walking? How will I carry myself? How will I, how will I operate? What, what disciplined habits will I have that will just be so natural? It'll feel like breathing when I'm at that number that I don't currently have now, because that's the gap. And the same is true for business in any, in any numerical thing that you're going for. It is, a, it is about the number, but it's not. And that's the it's paradox not. of like yeah. having it, you have the number, but really what does that number allow you to feel? What kind of beliefs do you have if you're, if you're at that number? What habits, what is the disciplined habits that you have when you are when are do, when you're doing those numbers in your business on a consistent basis yeah and who does it allow you to to be and mm -hmm. you know i heard uh, something that was so profound this man that i interviewed on my show a while back uh the laughing billionaire i can't remember his actual name um he has one of those harder names to pronounce, but he wrote this book called The Laughing Billionaire. And I just remember this really profound quote that he, he gave about, you know, um, if you only want to make X amount of dollars, it's actually really selfish. It's actually really selfish because you're thinking only about you and what you need to accomplish for your life. But you're not thinking globally you're not thinking about how the the money can be channeled through you to help other people around you that are in need and you know so you're you're really thinking very small and you're thinking in a way he, he said it's very selfish and i i actually do believe that i like i so like much. <laughs> and you know so so it's like you just gotta like 
realize it's not about you. It's, it's about the money comes through you to, to help everyone around you. That's, that's really what it's all about. And it doesn't have to be hard. doesn't have to be bad. It, you know, it is good. It is a good thing. And it's, it's not just for you. It's for everyone. <laughs> yeah. And that was the biggest mistake that I made after I hit that 10 K month, I made it all about the money. And that was the greatest lesson that I learned with, from my own business was holy crap, Kim. I have never made money by focusing on making money ever. Mm -hmm. It's always been service. And I love the fact that the laughing billionaire, and thank you for sharing that with us. I will definitely leave links to Victoria's podcast and her book so that you can grab those. You're going to want, I mean, of course, listen to our episode together, but you're going to want to grab her book to be able to learn the other six conditions to really set the stage for manifesting because it's this, this work is so crucial because the same is true for your excuses. I was, Mm -hmm. I was having a conversation with a client a few weeks ago and she had such a service love language and just like love to be of service. And then she's like, I don't know why I can't get this one project done. And I said, well, tell me, tell me like why. And she's like, well, I know like I I'm in fear and I know I'm in doubt and I know I'm in, you know, I'm having all like, I I don't know if I'm, it's going to be good enough or if I'm going to be good enough to be able to do it. I said, why are you being so selfish? And she was like, what? And I said, I said, all, all I've heard for two minutes is you giving I as the first thing. It's never been about the other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was like, oh, damn, <laughs> she had the same, she had the same reaction, but that's, that was the thing is it snapped her. Like sometimes we get so myopic and it's not our fault. It's the natural byproduct of our biology, of our ego, of, you know, fight or flight of like, where we suddenly get very myopic and think it's about us. Yeah. And how, how do you work with people to move them into holding that space for that grander vision beyond them so that the money can work through them so that their business can work through them. I think all of us at one time, we had a reason something happened. There was something that happened that got you in touch with why you do what you do. For me, it was, and so I'll give an example. For me, it was in one of those seminars that I was doing and the facilitator asked, you know, if you had all of your needs met for love, for money, for energy, for everything, like every single thing was completely met and you didn't need anything, what would you be doing? And I said, well, I'd just be helping other people get there. And then the next question came, well, you know, obviously like, you know, we're always going to have needs, you know, to be met. So what are you waiting for? You need to move into your, your purpose now. And, you know, it was a really great question. And so I help other people by simply getting them back in touch with, well, what was the reason why, what was the reason you got into doing what you do? Because if you can remember why you're here, why you're being of service and, and just focus on that, focus on helping the world. I've 
truly believe that man is paid in direct proportion to the service he re renders mankind. And, you know, so just serve, you know, and be of, and, and work on yourself, work uh, on, uh, continuing to to grow your skills grow your intelligence grow your you know if, the more you grow yourself and the more you go through your your life and do the things like i don't ask anybody to do things that i haven't actually done myself so the more you risk the more you grow yourself the more you're going to be of service to other people and and you everybody i believe has a gift in them to to share and i love helping people to find that gift and to transform and make the transition from, you know, doing the thing that is kind of paying the bills to doing the thing that they really, really were born to do. And, you know, so that, you know, just getting in touch with like, why, again, it kind of really does come down to like, why am I doing this again? Exactly. <laughs> And, and just, and, and helping them to, to remember, you know, simply why they're here and, and what, you know, and it's, it's all about what we can, uh, you know, do to make the world a better place. And what is my contribution and how are you, how are you contributing and what can you do to, to help solve bigger problems for people? I love that. I, and I want to touch on one thing that you said, because it's something that I say as well, but I've had a couple questions from my community around, around this one thing of, you know, as a coach and as a, as a trainer, you know, even in my past Pilates career, there have been, I've never shied away from working with someone who is fitter than me or, you know, made more money than me, but some people do. And it's in that space of like, it living and operating in integrity where you never ask somebody to do something that you aren't personally doing or haven't personally tested. And so how do you, how do you work with someone, anyone who is where you perceive is like steps ahead from where you are, but yet they want to work with you? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something that many of my community have asked me because they see these other people who like say they want to work with them. And suddenly they have that feeling like, I'm not, wait, you want to work with me? I'm not, <laughs> all those beliefs of like, you, you do realize you're making more money or you, you have a better relationship or you have, you know, X, Y, and Z that, that I don't have, you want to work with me. So how do you overcome that almost, almost imposter syndrome in a way? Yeah, um, definitely. To, to be able to serve. So I, I remember the first time that something like that happened and it was, um, it was when one of my colleagues came to me and, and wanted me, I was, um, it was my first speaking event ever at a, at a hypnosis conference and nobody knew that because I really put on a pretty stellar presentation. And then, you know, I had people come up to me and say, Hey, can you coach me, uh, to, to do that? And so he, uh, he and I started this coaching relationship together. And so it was, um, I, this is like a kind of a well-known person in my industry. And it was like, this is really bizarre. Like I have not, I never had a coaching program that in place for this very specific thing. Um, and so the way that I, 
the way that I moved through that was number one, I told him the truth. I said, you know what, this is um, the first time I don't actually have a, a program. So I'm, I'm happy to, you know, to, to coach you, ask, answer any questions that you have. And number two, as I remember something that Russell Brunson once said, and he said that, you know, you don't have to have like the whole path and be like 10 steps ahead or 20 steps ahead. You only need to be one step ahead of wherever they're at in that particular issue that they're having. And, you know, this particular issue that he was having, you know, had to do with building a funnel for his, for his website. Well, he wouldn't be coming to me if he wasn't having some blind spots in that particular area. And that's another, another thing is we all have blind spots that we can't see ourselves and we need somebody else to be able to, to take a look and, and observe us objectively. And so it doesn't even matter if that person is, you know, a, they're, they're making seven figures, you're making six figures, you can still see why they are failing to get from seven figures to eight figures mm -hmm. because you can see you know that the, i mean it doesn't it, it, the blind spots are, are going to be there if you just ask the right questions it doesn't really matter where they're at you can still offer value to that person yeah i had the a very similar experience with um one of my clients who like the blind spot was not a physical blind spot and very rarely are they um like for example one of my clients early on when i first started teaching pilates she came to me with this stack of images of like who she wanted to look like she was very toned very fit and i like almost had to laugh because i was like you're like you look exactly like this and she was yeah. way more toned way more fit but the blind spot was that she couldn't see or feel or believe that she'd already arrived. Wow. And so she'd never trained that into her body. Her, she'd gotten her body to where it was because she'd beaten it into submission. Mm -hmm. And, and so working with me, our work revolved around how do you really feel and honor and know in the moment that you're doing the work and celebrate doing the work in your body. And I've seen this as well in businesses with people making, you know, way more money than my business is doing. They're doing seven figures, eight figures, and suddenly it's like, but yet they haven't celebrated those moments. So even if they're making, you know, six figure months, they aren't seeing it as that they're seeing it that they've like beaten that business into submission. And so it's really the pattern is the mindset of how they're thinking about it. So they're not, they may have arrived technically, but they have the blind spot is that they aren't fulfilled. Yeah. And the blind spot could be that they're not, maybe they're not aligned or the blind spot could be that maybe they're not, um, you know, operating by intuition and trust or the blind spot could be not having certainty that they're going to receive results. They could still have that fear and that doubt. And while that can motivate you for a while, what got you here won't get you there. So how do you then flip the script to then move it forward? And so that's the, for me, that's what I've always been able to see is like, where is the blind spot in the mindset and in the thinking that is preventing them from really catapulting to that next level, yeah. whether it's in their body or their business. And well, that's and part of the, part oh, of the situation too, is that, you know, we don't take time to really celebrate 
our manifestations. It's like we, we celebrate, we, we just, we achieve something. Um, maybe, you know, it's like losing a pound or, uh, but you don't actually celebrate. Now, when I say celebrate, so many people think like, go have a party and eat cake. <laughs> don't, don't mean that. <laughs> but I, you know, to gain that pound back. <laughs> right. You know, I, I just mean like <laughs> literally bad. just taking that time to acknowledge, you know, write yourself a, a letter, you know, express some gratitude, just write it down or, you know, just, you know, doing something, even some self-care, buying yourself a, a tiny little gift, um, even a card, you know, just send yourself a congratulations card. So there's jump up and down. It's like, whoa, I did it. You know, just anything. I mean, you know, sometimes if I've been working on something for a little while, I mean, just so that I can get the neural pathways to get the, um, the, the completion of the cycle, like so that it knows, like I am grateful. I literally, if something great happens that I've completed, I get up out of my chair, I run around like a fool around my house. I'm like, woo! <laughs> and I just celebrate. And it may be just a, a small thing that I'm celebrating, but I get... I make sure that I let my brain know how exciting it is to win, to complete something. And so we really do, that's part of manifesting and part of the ongoing process. The cycle continues, but the cycle only really continues if you say thank you and you're grateful and you're excited about it and you, you get some sort of sense of accomplishment and achievement and excitement around actually having done that. And like to speak to your point about the Pilates gal, somebody sent me a, a picture of myself from like this time that I really, really hit my actual, my goal weight's always been the, you know, the 120, even though like I'm, you know, I'm sitting here always like 130, but that's my, you know, it's kind of my goal weight. And I know what I have to do to get there, but I'm just like blocked about it, whatever. It's not like a huge priority. It's not really upsetting me that much. But anyway, when I was at that weight, I don't remember actually feeling like I hit my goal weight. Do you know what I mean? Like I still looked at myself at that point in time, like there was a problem here. There's still something wrong. And, but I look at that picture today and I'm like, what was, it? what was I looking at? Why did I have a problem there? Like that's, beautiful like you know and it's still good today i mean but you know it's like it, it it's some sometimes so hard to uh look at ourselves in in a positive light and really appreciate where we have have come to with anything where we've grown to with our business with our relationships with our spirituality you know the fact that you know i meditate every day and you know just all those little things you gotta like take time to really embrace and and feel the celebration for that and i went on and on about that but it's oh so, i it's love it so yeah important. i mean yeah the celebration is is so important and also because I found that the, the universe really works in paradoxes. It's like, yes, celebrate it and make it seem like it's absolutely normal. Like, of course that happened because that was what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's that, it's that dance and that balance because like, for example, just with when I hit my first 10K month, like that, 
that experience, I made it, I celebrated it. I remember I went out and bought something nice for me. I can't remember what it was, <laughs> but I, I do remember um, also it feeling so abnormal to me. It felt mm-hmm. weird. It felt funky. It felt like suddenly all these beliefs of like, what do I deserve? And which is this real? Like that all came up. And it was, that was the process of working through that, that allowed me to see so many other beliefs. So it did unlock a whole bunch of stuff for me, but the beauty is now I see that yes, celebrate it and, and have it be like, well, of course, of course I just did this. It's, yeah. that's totally normal. Like it would be strange if I didn't do it. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> yes. I like that. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Um, so, yeah, cause I, I've been in that, I've been in that, uh, place too, where, uh, you know, some, you know, I started making, you know, good money, you know, and it was like, Oh, it, there was a part of me. It was like, Oh, I finally get it. Like this is too easy. And it, when is, when is this going to like, how long is this going to last? Yeah. <laughs> like it's, yeah. you know, so, and, and you have that like fear of, you know, oh, this is, this is too good to be true or, you know, that kind yeah, of the thing. Yeah, the shoe's going to drop and all those cliches. How do you, how do you shift into an abundance mindset when you're combating all those like cliched, crappy plagiarized programming? Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it really just comes down to you, you have to in, improve, increase your self-worth. You have to believe that, first of all, it's not about like how, how hard and how much effort and how much energy you put in it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with being paid according to your value, your, your value. And, you know, and so it, you can allow yourself to feel the abundance by being abundant. You have to, you have to come from being abundant and, and being worthy and being deserving and, and knowing that, you know, all of, all of this richness all around us, this entire universe is really here for our use. And it requires us to have an abundance in order to, to use the things. I mean, the world is set up in a way that it requires an exchange of, of money to participate in all of life, but all of life is meant for us to be able to participate in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and just being born, just being born, you know, you are worthy of all, all the abundance. And, you know, but you have to feel it, you know, you have to feel that you, you are abundant and you deserve it. And, you know, and, and that's, that's, again, it's part of the, the, the self-growth, the personal development, growing into the person who believes that, that about themselves and believes that about not just themselves, but the whole world, everybody is meant to, uh, to be able to step and grow into that. I love, I love that because I like the, the concept of deserving the belief around deserving. I've, I've spent like the pat the good portion of the past, like two and a half, three years, really retooling, um, my own beliefs around that. And one of the things that I've started to see is that deserving is grace. Like it's, that's just the universe's grace. Like we just, our soul deserves it versus like this, like egoic deserving of like, oh, I should have that. Or like, I want a million dollars. Everyone wants a million dollars, but like, are you willing to earn it? Not earning from the sake of like hard work, but are you willing to 
become the person who has the discipline, who has the awareness, who does the practices, who's daily meeting with themselves, who's doing the work to become the person who it has that, who, like you said, is that has has been strengthened and conditioned to be able to sustain that to be able to to have that to raise that set point so that that is your new normal exactly yeah well victoria i have loved this conversation i would love to Me wrap too. This up with a little bit of rapid fire if you're ready okay. to go all right okay here we go <laughs> Right, I have no great. idea what this part is going to entail, so I am ready for the adventure. <laughs> Let's, it's like a roller coaster. You just put your arms up and you just enjoy the ride. Woo. So what female character, who is your favorite female character in a book or movie and why? Ooh, book or movie. Oh, boy. Um, I don't know why, but Wonder Woman just kind of came to mind. <laughs> Yeah, so I would definitely say Wonder Woman. If your palace had a swear jar, how much money would be in it per day? Mm. I'm embarrassed to say, <laughs> well, it depends on how, how, how much per swear word. <laughs> so yeah, $50, I'm going to say I'm going to probably pay that swear jar about $50 a day, maybe a dollar per swear word. <laughs> ah, all right. So if you had to have your success twice as fast, what one thing would you have done differently? I would have worked on sharpening my, my mind and my belief system. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I did the work hard thing for a long, long time, kept, you know, kept beating, just running into brick walls and, it wasn't until I really started working on my patterns and my beliefs that, you know, things really, really started to uh, take off. And what do you define to be your kingdom? My kingdom, I, I would say manifesting. <laughs> manifesting is, is my, is my world. I've, I live in the world of, of manifesting your dreams and your desires. I'd much prefer to li live in the world of like, I love living in the world of manifesting and magic rather versus like normal, traditional cultured programming results. Yeah, like, for I'll sure. Do, I'll take magic every day, yes. every day and manifestation every day over ordinary. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what woman would you want to trade places with just for a day? like fully embody trade places. You get to be inside their brain all day. I would like to see what it's like to be Oprah for a day. I think that would be really cool. Have your own talk show, get to, you know, talk to all the, uh, the stars and anybody that you want to talk to and just live that glam life of, you know, complete, like billionairedom. I mean, yeah, I'd love to live, live as a woman billionaire, like Oprah for, for a day who has her own magazine and show and book club, all that, that, that just would be amazing. Yeah. That, that, that's a very common answer, but that would totally be mine too, is like to live in the brain of a billionaire yeah. that, and then to be able to take that programming and apply it into present day. Like I just imagine this like just 
sucking of like how how can you just pulling pulling it in um mm. what what is the thing that you most love and value about yourself my integrity i feel like i have i i just have an innate need to to be myself to be honest to live as victoria marie gallagher and 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 that you know ultimately leads me toward making the right decisions for myself and yeah so i you know like living who i really am saying what i really mean and and causing my life to be how i really want it and it's all through it it's an integrous uh, you know uh way of being and lastly how do you crown yourself mm, how do i crown myself I would say I crown myself by, oh, that's a, that's a, that's the, I crown myself by, um, hmm, that is the toughest question of all. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, I'm stuck it can there. Be completely obtuse. It can be any sort of answer. There are no, there is no right or wrong way. Okay. Well, how do you crown yourself? I crown myself by living in the, um, my, my royal, creating and living um, in a royal palace and, and creating my, my space to be, you know, beautiful and comfortable, um, surrounded with love and surrounded with lots of cats <laughs> and taking care of all the cats of the world. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Victoria, where can we find you? How can we support you? How can we love on your book and, and all the work that you are doing, helping people manifest and tap greater into their purpose? That's a great question. So I have a portal to the whole world of all the things Victoria at uh, Victoria mgallagher.com that's my website and um you know from there you'll find my uh practical law of attraction book uh, you'll find my hypno cloud app uh, you'll find my personal growth club you'll find my products by hiptalk.com and all the things um, my of course my podcast power of your mind podcast and it's just the whole world of of all the things that I do. So thank you so much and go to victoriamgallagher.com. Thank you so much, Victoria. And as always, own your throne, mind your business, and your reign is now. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crown yourself now, or visit our website at crownyourself.com. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules.